0: All right. We are talking with uh, Bailey Lanzer today. We're talking about, um, well, I mean, the the discussion started on Twitter and was really about load management. That topic had came up and she had some really cool ideas that she was sharing in an interaction on on the interwebs. And I was like, this sounds like a podcast episode because that's what I'm a podcast host. So all I see is podcasts, right? When they say, when all you have is a hammer, uh, the world is full of nails. When all you have is a podcast and that's, Let's be honest. That's all I have. Um, the world is full of podcast uh, topic episode uh, episode topics. Um, so that's what we dig into. She works with the Wisconsin Badgers. I believe it's pronounced Sconson. It just "Wisconsin." Wisconsin. Uh, disappointingly, what you won't hear is anything about cheese curds. We will dig into that the next time we have Bailey back on the show. But we did talk about interprofessional collaboration. They've got a pretty cool... Um, collaborative way of, of quantifying load across all those athletes. She gets to work with all the teams at Wisconsin. How are they sharing that information amongst many coaches and professionals and PTs and ATs and strength and conditioning and coaches and position coaches and different. So we, uh, we dig into that topic with Bailey. It's pretty, uh, she's great. She's got a high energy. She's pumped about it. So you're going to learn a lot. Uh, want to say thanks to PhysioTech. The question is with adding an additional 290 bucks per patient per quarter, help your business it's rhetorical uh remote therapeutic monitoring can do that you might have heard about rtm remote therapeutic monitoring but like what is it how do i get started how do i keep it going is it a hassle um physiotech is it all figured out improve patient outcomes reduce provider frustration and improve clinic revenue find out how at physiotech.ca that's physio physiotec.ca also, our friends at uh MW Therapy delivering modern all-in-one outpatient emr with the built-in patient portal, marketing automations, and billing features you want at the value your clinic bottom line deserves MWtherapy.com, where even switching your EMR over to them is easy. Uh Bailey's super excited. She's got the Wisconsin accent. You'll hear that in the episode. Just talking about going up. No, gotta go up north. I feel like everything's up north in Wisconsin. I don't even know what's north of Wisconsin. Michigan? Michigan, I think Michigan. Uh, also, do want to say thanks to our friends at uh, ATI. Good PTs know that it's important to stay up to date on what's happening in the PT profession. Of course, you're a good PT. Otherwise, why would you be listening to a physical therapy podcast? Obviously, uh, with best practices developed from 2.5 million care episodes, the team at ATI Physical Therapy is doing their part to make sure the clinicians are practicing at the top of their game, just like Bailey. Uh, pair with their continuing education professional development opportunities and their clinic culture ati is working hard to ensure all clinicians are driving the PT profession forward but also going home happier uh, find them online at atipt.com helping support the show Bailey Lancer from the Badgers let's learn how they uh kind of track load and calculate load management here on PT Pinecast let's let's start this show back on PT Pinecast Bailey Lancer am I saying that right?
1: Uh, it's, it's actually Lunzer, but it's a little different, yeah. <laughs> like
0: it. And then your Twitter, uh, handle has got to be Lunzer Bailey, at Lunzer yeah. Bailey.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Um, so, uh, first thing we do is we ask the hard questions. Uh, we get those out of the way first. Now you're at work. So you yes, I am career. right now. But yes. if you were having a beer with us or, or later on after the patients, yeah. uh, what do you, what do you drink? What's your, what's your flavor?
1: So my go-to, I'm a Wisconsin girl at heart. So my oh, go-to right. is called a Wisconsin up North lager. And it's got okay. the uh, picture of like the old Lake Michigan at the top, um, and it's pretty picturesque and just reminds me of summertime. So that's like my
0: too. All right, that's good. I don't want to one up you, but I'm going to. Okay. I, my beer is from the Pride of Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin.
1: Love that.
0: I went with a with, I went with a Lining Kugel Summer Shandy because it's it's like April here. I know we're getting close. So yeah, we're getting close. I feel like New York and uh, that's where I am, upstate New York. I feel like New York and Wisconsin have similar climate climates.
1: I think it's pretty close. This is—it was like we had a blizzard last week, but today it's like fifty. So we're getting closer. It feels yeah, like upstate New York. Yeah, yeah no, that's nice. good.
0: Yeah, that's upstate New York. All right, so you get to do cool stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Your your background as a physical therapist is cool. You're PT and athletic trainer. So yep. you're like you're like dual dual certified there. And yep. you work for the Badgers.
1: I do. Yeah. I've been here for about a year and a half now, and it's been awesome ever since I got here. So a lot of changes for the Badgers, uh, just coaching wise. So it's been kind of crazy. Um, but I I say I got the best job in the world. I love what I do. That's
0: that's cool. So so why the Badgers? Why sports? Why athletic like like give us like the quick and like your superhero backstory.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, knock on wood, was actually never really injured growing up, so I didn't have any exposure to PT, but I always knew, like, I was amazed by the human body, thought the human body was incredible, yeah. um, and I've always been a huge Wisconsin sports fan, both, like, college basketball, college football, and then, I mean, a huge, my whole family is Milwaukee Bucks fan, so that was kind of where it all started, yeah. um, and I always tell this my quick story about it. In sixth grade, I, like, saw my favorite brewer get injured, like, just absolutely blew his ankle out running the yeah. first. Remember this for forever and i googled and like made a rehab program for him as a sixth grader of course and you
0: So, like, so totally ever since it, then yeah. my mom
1: my mom saw that and she's like you know it probably be good as like sports pt so okay. from there on out that's kind of uh it's always been kind of my thing and i just think the interaction of high level athletes and the human body healing is something that's pretty crazy and it's fun to work with
0: all right well cheers to bailey coming on the yeah. show uh <laughs> first round is brought to you by our friends at owen's recovery science they dig uh high performance sports recovery as well working with uh, top professional and collegiate teams at Owens Recovery Science. Uh, if you're looking to add personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the equipment you need to apply properly in your clinical practice, that's where Johnny Owens and the team come in. Find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com. and They also do have their own podcast called the Owens Recovery Science Podcast, which is a smart, just it's plain old smart podcast naming. and branding. Right. All right, so we got that out of the way. So what we get to talk about something cool, which I don't think Because I mean, I'm a second career PT, right? So I remember this term sort of popped up. I don't know, five years ago. I don't. It definitely wasn't 15 years ago. And the term was sort of like load management, right? And the idea was like, hang on a second, like we're toughing it out here. But then, of course, you get some players who get to the playoffs, and when you want a guy or a girl on your team at a high level, you don't want to hear they're injured. Yeah. Right. So it's like, hey, listen. I mean, especially in the NBA. Right, everybody makes the playoffs, right. so it's like, all right, when does the NBA season start? It's like a month before the playoffs, just to make sure you get in. Yeah, and you want to be, sure. yeah. you want to be out there, right? Yep. Baseball is 160 uh, seasons, 162 games. That's a lot of games. NHL, yep. 82 games on ice, doing that, right? The f- football season, like when you know. So that's the topic we're gonna talk about today, which is like, how do you like really maximize this level? Like, how do you, how do you quantify it? How do you yeah. Uh, you know, is it, it can't be feel right. Cause that's, that's, we can't do that. So we'll toss the topic to you, Bailey. This is something you get geeked to talk about. You say, talk about it every day. Let's, let's talk about how, how you do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I, I I think the biggest thing in the group that I think is the most underrepresented as far as like this quantifying of load are these long term rehabbers, let's say like just for the sake of ease, like ACLs, these long term rehabbers, like you can have a certain amount of practice load, lift load for like the normal healthy guys. But what I think is really interesting is when these guys get to like the four to five month mark, like how do you communicate and quantify load between PT, AT, strength and conditioning, running progressions, them being on field, like coaches. they're like. They're it's like all in coaches. Right. And there's all these things where like they're too far along to like not be doing all these different components, but not far enough along that they can get discharged from like PT and AT. Right. So it's like all these things. And it's a group that traditionally I think people think are like either underloaded or aren't. Uh, like the load is not paid attention to as much just because they're considered rehabbers. So like, how could they be getting too much load? Um, But I became like the most interested in it because we had not just at Wisconsin, but at some of the other places I worked at, it seemed like around this four to five month mark, like people are hitting this plateau. And you start to see these signs of like overtraining both in like, their like fatigue, their affect, their mood, things like that. But then it was also coming back on some of our like testing that we regularly do with the athletes. So we started to have the conversation about how can we like, make sure this doesn't keep happening and kind of progress it um and so that's where we started to work with our strength and conditioning team and athletic training too onto quantifying it
0: well when you before before you're working on things like talk to me because i've never worked in this environment it's pretty cool bailey has got the inside scoop like first you got to know about it so this is where i this is where my brain comes in i get excited about communication so how are you communicating just like like back to sesame street like let's find out who are the people in your neighborhood you mentioned pt at strength and conditioning coaches specific yep. and like not only just head coaches, but like, because like, which sports are you working with specifically?
1: So I, so I work with all of them. I'm lucky that way. I kind of get the whole variety right. just strictly because of the volume. I do see a lot of football just because that's who gets injured a lot. Right. Um, we're trying to apply similar principles across all the different teams. So yeah, we have awesome athletic trainers here. We have really great strength coaches. Um, I'm, I, me and one other PT work here um, as well. So we have two PTs and then we have the, like, we have exercise physiology as well. Um, that kind of mixes in with them. And then obviously the coaches too. So they're getting load from a lot of different places. Um, and I think I'm lucky cause I work in the same building as all these people. Right. So I can go and have the face-to-face conversations and we can kind of talk about these things and work through it. I think it's even harder at some of the high schools, um, sure. smaller colleges, things like that to have that conversation.
0: Sure. Sure. All right. So how do you do it? What's the, what's the magic? How does what, <laughs> what do you put it together?
1: I, yeah, I don't have a perfect answer for you. The The easiest thing for me as far as um, each team operates a little bit differently, but generally we have a weekly meeting with that includes all involved parties. So we'll have the athletic trainer, the PT, the um, strength coaches for sure. And then depending on who's like going through a critical component of rehab, their position coach will also drop in. Um, and then what we do is we've kind of set up the system on like who's going to be the primary load for the week and then who's going to be the secondary load. With
0: In terms teams. of coach?
1: uh in terms of in terms of like usually it's between pt at and strength and conditioning Got so it, like okay. if they're at a phase where like um we think that the things in PT, like maybe they're not quite at the point where they can do plyos with strength or things like that. Like that'll be the primary load where it's like, by primary, we mean like, that's the one we wanna make sure that they have the full gas to be able to start with. We don't want them fatigued coming in and then all of a sudden trying to do this high level load. So we'll usually identify is the primary load or for the week PT, strength and conditioning or athletic training. And that's like our primary goal. And then we always like, it's not perfect, right? Sometimes we miss as far as like what our guesses are. And then we have to reassess and kind of change based on that as well. So we're lucky, we're doing in person meetings. And then um, for a while, we tried to follow it up with a injury stage class classification program. So basically, depending on what their functional level is, traditionally, it'll be the PT will be the load at stage one, two, and three. And then once we get to four and five, it'll be either be more of the athletic training aspect or strength and conditioning too. So we do a little bit of that.
0: And this, these, this, these were stages that you guys sort of invented yourself. So you were inventing your own sort of terminology
1: yeah and and we and we were really wanted everyone's buy-in to it because i don't like i think a lot of times there's some um professional i don't want to say professional beef but there's a lot of crossover between the professions so we wanted this to be something that everyone bought into so we actually did it and created it all in the same room together so we had the strength staff we had the athletic trainers and we had the pts kind of come up with the stage system so it's something that we all agreed with not necessarily so it's like uh me as a physical therapist being like i'm dictating these are what the stages are like i really wanted everyone's input um. So I think that's what helped it be a little bit successful, too. But it's again, it's a little different.
0: It's a way to get something to stick, right? I mean, yeah. if you're asking yeah. me to use this and I wasn't consulted... Yeah, creating it, I'm probably not going to be as much as bought in. Right.
1: Right. And, and I think the other important piece that people miss too, is like talking to the athletes about it. Like a lot of times the athletes know like what part they're getting overloaded from. Right. And so like, if we, like, I think we get in a little bit into expert mode sometimes and forget to ask them, like they know their bodies way more than I do too. So I think incorporating them in the conversation has also been something I've kind of been learned more lately and that's been helpful.
0: Yeah. All right. So you've you've had experience at places this wasn't done. You've had experience at places at Wisconsin that it is done. Yeah. Uh, What's what's one or two things that works well and one or two things that doesn't work well? You mentioned probably the first thing that works well is getting everybody to buy in. So that's a gimme. You can't use that. You can't use one of your two. So give me two things that work could be better and two things that are great.
1: Yeah, so um, starting with the things that are working better, and again, I shouldn't say we have this figured out. We definitely don't. We're definitely constantly changing and tweaking the program. But one of the things that's worked well is I think the easiest answer the thing that people first think about with load management is like catapult or like data tracking systems. Well, that's great for like on-field stuff and for the sport specific stuff. Really hard to monitor like my rehab load by using a catapult down here. So we've tried to get kind of everyone on the same system as far as quantifying load. So what are we're starting, we start small to make it more manageable, right? So what some of our ACLs are going through is like, we all use the same equation with the lifts and then the stuff that we're doing down here to quantify what the person's like primary quad load is for the day and then accessory load and then total volume. Wow. Too. So it's like a, it's basically like an Excel spreadsheet that we've been using. And again, we just kind of started using this recently, so it's not perfect, yeah. but basically we'll do right now. It's a simple, just reps times sets times volume times percent of the range they go through and then the weight as well. So then at least we have like a standardized equation that we can kind of compare to.
0: Right. If it's not the same, then you're all just sort of speaking. To, I mean, that's just, that's, confusing so you guys again right. you're using the same words now you're using the same math right you're i mean sounds like you're ahead of the game you get some data people in there yeah. you get some computer peeps in there in five yeah. six years like man i mean throw some ai i feel like we yeah. just throw the word the, the phrase ai everywhere now Throw yeah. some AI in there and uh man that'll be really trackable all right so yeah. that's using the same math is good
1: yeah. And then I think the problem is like the, the to go with something that doesn't work, then is then what we were noticing though is we start to use this with different people. Um, if you don't ask the athlete if like the rate of perceived exertion matches what the number is. I think we're missing another huge component of it so just like like even the modifiers we're using as far as like what number we're multiplying for how deep they're going in the range like things like that like i don't know for sure that that's the best way to do it so then what like we were having some problems because it wasn't matching up with like what the athlete's feeling right so then what we started to do is start doing some like spot checking of like basically RPEs for different exercises as they would go through. So like the easiest one is at the end of the day, how gassed are you? Give me a number like zero to 10. Um, and then putting it on there and seeing does the number we came up with match the RPE that they're going through. Um, so that was kind of something where we had to do some tweaking because we thought we had this like good idea and this good formula. And then all of a sudden it wasn't matching what the athletes were saying. Okay. Um, so I think just again, talking and checking with the athlete, that's another component that's kind of key. Um and then again
0: I like how how both of your both of your uh things that work revolve around communication so far. Yes, not planned, but like communication. (laughs) I love it. No, it
1: is, it is. That's like I think that's a huge component of it. Um as far as other things that initially worked really well. And again, this is just based on the way that we do it is a lot of times how the athletes that are long-term rehabs work is I'll see them a couple of days a week or PT will see them a couple of days a week. And then the athletic trainers will see them the other three to five, depending on how many times they're coming in. Um, And then, so basically what we started doing is again, like we had to have a conversation ahead of time and be like, these are the things I'm working on. Maybe I'm doing BFR on my days, right? Then I wouldn't want the athletic training or strength to be doing BFR on the other days as well. So from the most, like, I know that the data aspect is, it's super time consuming and I just know that because I'm doing it right now too. But even from a basis of like focusing on different intent with your day, whether it be BFR, or stim, um, tempo days, things like that, like that is on a more easy level, fairly helpful for us too.
0: That's working out. All right. Give me some things that are challenges. This is where we learn Bailey. What do you yeah. got a, a challenger to?
1: Um, a couple of different things. One, again, like it's, everyone has a different opinion on kind of how this total volume should be calculated, right? There are certain aspects that are more important to the strength and conditioning than they probably are to me as well. So trying to figure out, um, there was a lot of discussion kind of amongst the staff that was interested in this on like what that equation should be, right? And how we should kind of create these modifiers and these different things like that. Um, So that's something that I think is, Uh, tricky. The other part is, as I already talked about, this is super time consuming to ask other people who are really busy to try to implement into their rehab. So we've really tried to work on automating like how it calculates and using the same spreadsheets and things like that. But admittedly, I'm not very good at Excel. So I have a lot of help from other people here. Yeah. Um, but you just want it to be as clean as you can because you're asking very busy people to add on to their load that way too. I'm
0: just gonna say this. I don't know how it'll happen, but AI. I think I yeah. like the answer is AI or Bitcoin. I feel like those are two right. terms. One or the call. other. Yeah. One or the other, <laughs> yes. but it yep. but it is, right? Like so if this this is this is uh interesting to me or opportunity right if you solve this problem which i'm you know if, if people are having this problem across which is like you know entering into any emr this isn't an emr but it's something similar to it right yeah so it's yeah, yeah. Tracker, right yeah um can you make it easy can you make it have a dashboard and so there's right. some computer geek and i say it lovingly with geeks um if you can geek on this and make it easy to do yeah um, that's probably where successful. but i could easily see that as being Uh, a friction filled part of the process but but worth it but you know reduce the friction you increase the output
1: right and and i think the other component for buy-in as well is again like we want we want to somehow demonstrate that this is helpful and it matters right? right so a lot of that has been with some of the like standardized testing that we do like every month after these surgeries like showing like hey we're kind of seeing some plateaus in the people who present with overtraining in these categories like we think this can help progress it and we know like a lot of it is like the acute to chronic workload stuff that's coming out and things that way that's what we're trying to kind of get on board with but it requires kind of consistency um to be able to track that and build some sort of database that way too so again we're in really early stages but i think it's trying to figure out a way to do it as efficiently for everyone's time and still get the most out of it
0: sure whose idea who 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 was in that math session there i would not (laughs) have wanted to be in the math session personally
1: so so we have a um bunch of Football athletic trainers who are really interested in it, and then some of the common sports. It's um, football is just kind of in season with spring and everything right now, so that's the group that we started with. Um, and then we have uh, other athletic trainers who work in our Badger Athletic Performance Lab. We're really excited to have them there. And so she was kind of helping us do the breakdown of like how do we quantify these things too.
0: Let people who are geeky about things do the geeky things. <laughs> like this right. is like, like uh, when I'm on a team. I often feel like, well, I should I should join in more and and, and you know and pitch in. Yeah. And when something like this would come up, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang back. I'm gonna hang yeah. back on this. Let's someone who really look. I always say it's the eyebrow test. When you're like, so we need to come up with a formula, I'd be like, hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> who loves that and the eyebrows go, ooh, way up. It's like that person higher. Right, the that's person, good the person
1: who does it. And 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 I think we were all very open about the fact that we're like, we don't have a perfect idea, right? It took a lot of conversation that's and then how you we get kind of, there. Yeah, we collectively decided this is what we're going to try and then we're going to reassess a month from now. So like, again, it's very early and it's like something that we've kind of just started implementing. Um, But yeah, the people in the lab are awesome and we're really lucky that way to help with the numbers aspect of it too.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so here's something I'm curious with, right? College often has access to more technology money. I've seen some college locker rooms, which are insane, rival and blow the water out of uh, some professional locker rooms. In In terms of like, high-tech and low-tech like Mm -hmm. what do you have access to to like monitor you got whoops and you got these these things and you got other things like what do you what do you find because just because it's expensive and just because some influencers wearing it doesn't mean it's any good right yes so what have you seen that's like high-tech low-tech that you've been like yeah this is pretty cool
1: yeah. So we, so as far as like the data monitoring goes, we do have like all, almost all the teams utilize catapult as their main on-field monitoring. Now what is catapult? You, you it's like a, um, so it's a vest that they have on and it basically calculates how many like high speed bursts they have and then total um. yardage throughout the day. So it's like, and it, it gets, it's, that's a simplified version but that's kind of my level of understanding of it. Um, so it gives you total yardage on the field and it gives you like bursts here and there. This um, the stuff
0: they were using a lot in, in, in like European soccer and stuff Would they yeah. be able to say this guy ran 49 yeah. kilometers or yeah. something. And,
1: and again, there's a, there's a couple different brands that do it. It's just not, it's not Got that it. one specifically, but that's kind of what we have access to. So we use that for our on-field thing. Um, our, a couple of our different teams have the Aura rings to kind of predict and similar to the WHOOP in the sense of like, it gives you ideas on like sleep quality, recovery time, all of that stuff. Um, And then as far as the other high tech stuff, again, we have an awesome uh, performance lab that has Biodex testing, uh, EMG testing, Dexa force plate, fancy 3D gate testing. Like we have have the works. I'm so lucky that way to kind of have access to all those different things and professionals who know how to use it. Um, So for testing wise, that's what we have but from a actual like load perspective and load like i really don't think it has to be that high tech right we right. just need something to start measuring it so right. i think that part we're not very high tech with right now um but we'll see kind of where it goes from here but those are kind of the things we like to use
0: um let's go let's go low tech yeah. right very or very low tech which is just talking to a human yeah. how do you how do you sort of uh, approach all these athletes who some of them might are on a, on a spectrum of understanding why measuring these things or why I just I feel good today. I'm going to go hard, man. What's the problem? Like, how do right. you is this a coach down thing? Is this a PT out thing? How does it work?
1: Yeah, it's, I, I would say in general, you hit it on the head. Some guys want to know all some guys and girls want to know all the data in the world on it. And some people don't want to know any of it. Right, Right. And so they just want to be blind to it and go on how they feel at a minimum. I think most people try to just get a general base of like, how fatigued are you today? Zero to 10. How tired are you? Like for the guys who don't want to know any of the data or anything like that, that's usually what we do Um, is just like, what's your gas like level like coming into rehab and what are you coming out of it? Um, So that's kind of the easiest way that we go about it. Um, The people who are more interested in it sometimes to help have some buy-in, we, we were lucky they've been collecting data on ACLs for, I think eight to 10 years now. So you can kind of pick up trends and show them like, hey, this is where you're at compared to like other people who are at this point as well. And if they look like they're plateauing or they look like they have this fatigue, sometimes that's enough to show them like, hey, we got to reel it in a little bit from different perspectives too. So sometimes we use the buy-in from that perspective of comparison to other peers, but on a baseline level, it's just asking them like, hey, how are we feeling today?
0: Okay. Um, you seem very, you are very excited about this topic. I
1: do. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really
0: put much in, uh, in terms of prompting, is yeah. there any, is there anything else about this that, that I didn't really ask? I mean, I'm sure you go, you know, an inch wide, a mile deep with this, but.
1: Um, I, I think the main thing, sometimes the other thing that I've kind of observed being not even just at Wisconsin, but talking to other college PTs is I think there's this pressure with super high level athletes to treat them all the time. Right. And like have them treating 24 hours, he's gotta be 24 hours around clock, treating, treating, treating. And I forget who initially told me this, but one of my old uh, preceptors said like, someone can only get so much better in 24 hours, right? So like sometimes i think we fall into the trap of and, and none of this is malicious i should say right like everyone who's working with these athletes are so excited that they're coming back to them they're so excited they can do more like people just want to give them their best effort from a rehab perspective so none of it is like again like a negative thing it's right. all positive but we fall into this little bit of a trap of like athletes what being else? Like what else they have to like what else can we be doing kind of yeah. constantly and so sometimes we almost have to not kick people out, but kick people out of the athletic training room and be like, hey, the best thing you can do is go home and recover, right? And yeah. rest and do things like that. Um, so cool. those are kind of the things that I think are important to note too.
0: Cool thing is is that's sort of like in pop culture now, which is like yeah, more and more people are saying, like, hey, you want to get better? Like, yes, lift stuff, yes, move a lot, yes but it's like eat really good stuff and take, get some Z's man. Like, I'm sorry, right. but that's the, that's the magic, right? It's, right. The and just recover.
1: It's, it's, nothing, it's nothing crazy. And I think the other part that I had to learn a lot or I've learned a lot in these two years is like when you're in a normal clinic PT setting, um, there's a much more even sense of kind of the highs and lows that these patients go through. So like if I saw someone once a week, right, there could have been these ups and downs with their knee pain, like every single day, but in general, we can get a trend of are you better or are you worse throughout the week? Whereas like I see these athletes, I don't personally see them, but I physically see them every day. And so I think initially I was doing a little bit more overreacting to like the daily response rather than like the general trend of are we getting better or are we getting worse? So I think that's another thing that kind of goes with the high level sports is like you see them so frequently that sometimes things seem like more alarming than they would if you kind of remember like the general trend is improving too. Okay. Uh,
0: Bailey, are you ready to play three questions?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it.
0: Three questions uh, brought to you by our friends at Jackson Therapy, uh, providing awesome adventures in patient care for physical therapists who care about where they're going. Find them online at jacksontherapy.com. All right. So your first question is, you're familiar with the NIL, right? Name, image, and likeness. Yeah. So players can now capitalize on their name, image, image, and likeness, right? Yeah. Would be pretty revolutionary, Bailey, if a PT somehow got sponsored and now you were like wearing a logo on the sidelines or something like that. <laughs> Who would your ideal NIL deal be with? What brand would you be like? I can't wait to wear a logo of what company or brand or something.
1: That is a great question. Um, I think my my gut reaction to it would be like Chick-fil-A. I'm a huge go. Chick-fil-A person. Smart. I, that's my go-to, it's my go-to fast food meal. We're lucky we get it sometimes after practices and stuff. So I think it would be an easy collaboration.
0: All right, I'm gonna put the, I'm gonna put a word in with the local franchise. <laughs> Let team. me know what
1: comes <laughs> out. Yeah,
0: we can do that. Uh, second thing. Uh, uh, best work because you're you're amongst multiple sports. You told me yeah. you're, you run the gamut there at uh, Wisconsin yeah. with the bad Badgers. Uh, uh, what's on the playlist? What's great workout? Uh, practice music. What are you hearing? What's what's something that gets them fired up or gets you gets? Um, up? I'm trying
1: to think. It's a it's a wide range. Gotta be a wide range. We we have a different in the athletic training room. We got a different playlist every week. One of the more popular ones is the there's the playlist 2007 to 2017 hits for some reason that's a go-to one for us um a lot of bangers in that range uh but otherwise i'd say a lot of the guys are listening to a lot of drake um in the locker room that's what i probably hear the most of
0: okay all right and uh third question on three questions is how are we looking in the fall? How, how are the Badgers? Where, where's your prediction in, in how they're finishing the conference or, you know, maybe the national conference? You know, I, I really mean, fall.
1: I'm really excited about a lot of the different teams coming up in fall here. Football, obviously, there's a lot of excitement going around, new coach, everything that way. So I'm, I'm really excited for the boys. Volleyball is going to have a great season again. Soccer, all those guys are looking up. So I'm hoping uh, everyone kind of stays healthy and then keep going from there.
0: All right. This is three questions, but I have a better, I have, I have a fourth question. So it's okay. a bonus question. All right. Yeah. Uh, if there's a PT student, a pre PT who's out there, right. And maybe when, when they were in sixth grade, they were drawing up uh, rehab plans for their favorite baseball team yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. What advice would you give? We hear, you know, I, I, I like to share this because getting to where you are ain't easy. Yeah. Uh, what What's, what's some simple advice might you give to an aspiring PT who wants to work at the level you're working at?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing I would say to people is you can learn so much from other professions outside of PT. So kind of getting like some of the greatest experiences I had during clinicals and even before that is like learning from strength and conditioning, learning from some of the nutritionists I work with, athletic training, all of that. Um, So I would say get out there and observe people outside of PT. I think, we are going to like interprofessional healthcare like that is just the way of the world and the way we're yeah. going so the more we can learn from each other the kind of better off we'll be
0: yeah rising tide lifts all ships that is your fourth yeah, question you. on three questions uh, Bailey thank you the last thing we do uh, we call it the parting shot <music> Parting Shot is brought to you by our friends, the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Leaders in orthopedic physical therapy, they are the Academy of OrthoPT. Find them online at orthopt.org. Now, with current concepts of orthopedic uh, PT in your fifth edition, if you're thinking about becoming an orthopedic physical therapist, this is the perfect roadmap to help you get there. It can be a little daunting. People are actually looking into, I think this time of the year is when people start to get their applications together to apply for that OCS. It's all about the letters after your name, Bailey. We know that. It's all about the letters <laughs> after your name. It's about leveling up those skills. The, le- the letters, they're, they're, they just come with it. But uh, if you want that roadmap to properly prepare for your OCS, find that online at orthopt.org. All right. So uh, parting shots, just your your chance for a mic drop moment, soapbox statement. What are you going to leave with, uh, with us, Bailey?
1: I, I think the biggest thing that I would advocate for is work with the people around you. Um, in these people who are long-term rehabs, they have load coming at them from all different angles. So I think if you can, at a minimum, communicate with the people that you work with, and then as you kind of think about it, try to find a way to quantify things and standardize them, uh, so the athletes can continue to get better and better uh, as they progress through.
0: It's uh, I love how you, we weaved in communication yep. and together, <laughs> It's a constant thing. Together, we'll get there. Uh, yep. Lanser Bailey on Twitter is where you can find her if you're an aspiring uh, uh, young physical therapist who would like to work in uh, sports. Go Badgers.
1: Go Badgers.
0: Johnson up there. Uh, Good luck in the season, and thanks for taking some time to have a beer with us, Bailey.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
0: geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPointcast.com. Created by Build PT.
1: Another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.